0: Hi,
1: my name is Ann. Currently, I feel at peace about my running life.
0: Hi, my name is Jim, and I currently feel very content about my running life.
2: What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of The Running Brunch. I'm Peter Cunningham, for sure the backup host of this podcast, here with my friend, my former college teammate, my current uh, co-assistant coach at John Brown University, Ben Ledbetter. What's up, man?
3: Hey, how we doing, y'all? Peter, good to see you. Seeing you through a computer screen tonight because you are in Texas currently. I am in Texas right now, as you said.
2: Uh, with our our boys down here for uh, a four x eight, we're we're shooting to qualify for nationals. Uh, and and Lubbock, Texas, was the only four by eight we could find uh, within a twelve hour radius. So I'm down here with uh, six of our boys, four of them competing tomorrow, uh, trying to run uh, B standard 753, A standard 750. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, everything indicates that we're going to hit
3: it yeah that's awesome it's exciting that we were able to make this happen and get the boys down there to have a shot at nationals and it wasn't even really like we i feel like mason our other uh, co-assistant coach um was the one that's been all year like we got to get the guys in a in a four by eight because i think they can do it yeah and it wasn't really until we had like three guys go under two minutes like significantly under two minutes where i was like okay yeah, no, we gotta we gotta find a four by eight for him. Yeah, um, and you you did your magic and found a uh, found this Texas Tech meet and they were what? Th- there's three teams in the field right now. Is there? There... Are,
2: there are three teams in the field. There's a JUCO team and a D three team. Uh, we are the only NAIA team, and and for some reason, Texas Tech, a D one NCAA school, is hosting a four by eight, and there are no. D1 or D2 schools competing in this 4x8. It's wild.
3: Weird, weird. Uh, have you been to the facility yet? We have not been to the facility yet. Um, okay. I've only just, seen pictures online, and, and it looks dope. They've got, what, like a red track or something like that?
2: Uh, red red track for sure. There's a little bit of black on the infield and uh, where the sprints are. and I mean, it's, it's a carbon copy of the Washburn uh, indoor track except it's it's turned up a notch and yeah. uh and there's uh i mean with with texas tech being a pretty good uh d1 football school um i've heard there's like a a, a massive uh poster on on one of the walls and kind of the the indoor football training facility with all of the the nfl players and uh, and being a big Chiefs fan, there there's a, a massive Patrick Mahomes right in the middle because I think he's probably the the most well known Texas Tech alum. So pretty sick. That's awesome.
3: Yeah. Um, so I think we're we're kind of gonna brush over lunch today or brunch today. We're gonna brush over brunch uh, just because we've we've got a pretty exciting. Um, I don't even like. We got a couple guests, really exciting guests coming on the podcast tonight. Yeah. Um, and we. They're uh, they're far and away. It's kind of late for them getting them on. and so we kind of just said, hey, you know what? Well, you and I will have a quick brunch. I made myself uh, a bagel with uh, some strawberry jam um, and I've got a cup of coffee that I made. Why I'm drinking coffee at 730 at night? I don't know. <laughs> You're a while but yeah, well, we're gonna see what happens. And, um, and I'm down you know being down in Lubbock, uh, the
2: the options were were scant. If you will, and so I, I uh, I'm also going bagel and some scrambled eggs that I threw together real quick, and uh, and our our guests are on the East Coast actually, which by the by this time you know our listeners have seen the names of the guests on the the title of the episode, I guess, right?
3: Unless we're yeah, gonna leave that I, I don't, I, nah, I don't that think mysterious. I would have left it out. Yeah, no, I, don't, I don't think I'd.
2: Yeah, nah, I'm, gonna,
3: I'm definitely going to put in the title.
2: We've got our first married couple uh, as guests on the, the podcast. We have Jim and Ann Ryan. Uh, and, and for those that aren't well acquainted in the running world, we're, we're going to kind of just give you a rundown of who Jim Ryan is, uh, just some of his accolades, uh, first and foremost. Well, what's awesome is that, as you're going to find in this episode, is that Jim and Ann do not find their identity in, in Jim's success as a, as a runner or as a politician – uh like by far uh far and away their their identities in Jesus Christ and, and yet there are also some really really sweet uh truths about Jim as a runner that we we need to kind of uh we're going to brag on him because he's really humble and isn't going to brag on himself and so so first and foremost he he was the first high schooler to break the 4 minute mile uh Roger Bannister being the very first person to break the 4 minute mile but Jim Ryan being the first high schooler to break the four minute mile
3: in what year been? Um, I believe that was, ooh, might have been sixty nope, that was sixty-four, I think. Yeah, nineteen sixty four at Wichita East High School. Wild. Wild. And he ran three fifty nine. So right at uh right at that three fifty nine mark. And he ran that at the California Relays, and so um that was mostly against college athletes and professional athletes. Um, it nice. wasn't a high school. Well, it might actually have been a high school race. So I think that was one of the big things. Um, but that's all right. Yeah. Uh, then a couple of years later, he was the youngest uh, American ever to participate at the Olympics, um, mm. which that's pretty sweet if I'm being honest. that's <laughs> Yeah, it's um, wild. I think that was what 62 is what the first time he went because it would have been ooh, da, 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 da. We got 64,
2: 1964 Summer Olympics.
3: Okay. And he went to yeah, 64, 68, and 72. So that means when he was 17 and 137 days old in 1964, he was the youngest American athlete, uh, American track athlete to ever qualify for the Olympics, which is nutty. Yeah. Um, and then, Peter, what happened in 1968 in Mexico City?
2: 1968, he won the, the silver medal uh, in the 1500, uh, just right behind Kip Kano from Kenya. And uh, so just, just phenomenal uh, as, as we, uh, as Americans, don't see a whole lot of front, front, front runners in, uh, in distance events. Uh, so pretty incredible to see him get a, a silver, silver medal there. And then he's got a, a, yeah, a ton of world records that have, have since been beaten. But, but Ben, just go down the list of world records that Jim held uh, at different
3: times. Yeah, for sure. Also, if you haven't watched that, if, if you want to watch a fun race, go back and look for the footage on YouTube of the 68-1500. It's, it's a really fun race to watch. Yeah. Um, but the uh, world records that he had, let's see, he's got the 880 yards, uh, which this was before they ran the 800-meter. Um, and he ran, it's, it's essentially the same distance, um, but he ran 144.9. Uh, and then he held the 800, uh, he ran the 880 indoors uh, at 148.3. Then he held the 1500 meter record uh, at 331.1. Um, he held the mile record uh, at 351.3. Then the, he broke the, his own mile record again uh a year later at the same meet well roughly the same meet a year later uh 351.1 and then he ran the indoor mile world record at 356.4 um so if uh, a conversion factor for uh the 8 880 versus the 800 since it's technically is longer uh, his 144.9 converts down to a 144.3 so Point zero six seconds uh, faster. <laughs> I'm sure uh, we have some listeners out
2: there that are <laughs> that are, are nitpickers when it comes to uh, conversion times and and decimals of seconds for sure.
3: Right, um, right.
2: And uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I feel like our, our listeners and and uh, ourselves included probably want to want to hop into this episode as quickly as possible because um, there's a, just a wealth of knowledge and wealth of wisdom from from Jim and his wife, and uh, you're going to get to hear kind of how they met. Uh, and then just some sweet insight on uh, mentality of approaching uh, racing at an elite level uh, mentality of approaching racing as a follower of Christ, uh, just how they've done their marriage across the years uh, being a, uh, and being married to an elite athlete. And for a lot of us, uh, just an absolute celebrity in the running world. Uh, But at least for me, what's, what's cool last thing I want to say, and then Ben, you can chime in uh, before we hop into our conversation with them, but uh, just really sweet and humble people that, that despite being the celebrity in my eyes that they are, uh, that they would one uh, take us up on, on doing this, this uh, this episode with us, but but even before that, uh, you know, I, I got to meet Jim my senior year of high school. His daughter worked for my parents at a uh, at a summer camp back in the day, and and my dad had reached out to Jim as my cross country team was competing at Rimrock, which is uh, Kansas University. They host a cross country meet for high schoolers every year uh, in Lawrence, Kansas, and my dad reached out to, to Jim and Ann and asked if they'd be willing to come to Rimrock and just kind of give some inspiring and encouraging words to me and my teammates. None of us were blazing fast by any means. Uh, and yet they, uh, they made time to come and just encourage us and, uh, and speak some good truth over us. And so, uh, and then fast forwarding to just earlier this year, hearing that, that Jim reached out to a, a high schooler named Clay Shively, who just broke Jim's, Kansas high school indoor mile record that held for however many years, that would be 50 years or so. Uh, and so it, it makes sense in my eyes that Jim would reach out to a Clay Shively who's, who's very fast, but just the humility and him to uh, not just invest in fast, fast runners, but he invests in, in just the everyday runners as well, because he sees value in, in, in everyone. And so just a really sweet couple and a, a really sweet, a uh, man who's, who's got all sorts of accolades that he could be prideful and all about himself. And yet he's, he's making time for people to, to love on them and, and, uh, and speak life into them. So, uh, pretty sweet and encouraging for me.
3: Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm really excited. He's been a person that I've, uh, wanted to talk to for, I mean, I mean, growing up, you see all these celebrities, the running, the running posse, um, that you kind of have in your head of the famous people. And he's always been one of them. So I, I appreciate, uh, Kind of just you, you, Peter, taking a risk and kind of throwing yourself out there um and getting them on. So uh first, thanks to you. And oh, it looks like uh we're connecting right now. So we're going to go ahead and bring them on. That sounds awesome.
0: Are we the right we got
3: them on.
2: We they are. are. At the, you're at the right <laughs> I the place. You didn't have on. the wrong link.
0: Oh, no, no. We can hear you. Yep, you can hear Okay, good. We well, can hear you. A high tech here. There you go
1: okay
0: I did it okay here we here are Ben yes ma'am
2: right? yes ma'am yeah okay, Ben with okay. the big headphones on
1: <laughs> okay, it's been ben. a while <laughs> but,
2: but great to see you again guys
1: yeah very fun oh my word it's so fun so do you both coach so together we do
2: um...
1: wow so last night we spoke with Clay Shively I don't know if you're keeping tabs on him um, yes ma'am we to... congratulate well it turns out one of his sisters graduated from John Brown. Mm-hmm. No way. Yeah. Well,
2: you know, well, maybe that'll be a good recruiting piece for us. Uh, You know, he's looking probably at Oregon and Stanford and and wherever he wants to go, probably. But uh, maybe maybe the sister will be a good recruiting piece for us.
1: We (laughs) we encourage our running campers that come to the Chimorin running camp. We encourage them to stay as close to their Roots. Environment as they possibly
0: yes, Yeah. Why don't we start with the prayer? Okay. <laughs> That'd be great. Oh,
2: that's amazing. Thank
1: you. Sir. Father,
0: thank, thank you for you, this Lord. time. Uh, I pray God. that you'll bless the conversations and oh, the amen. questions that those that are listening uh would draw closer to you as a result of our interactions. Yes. And we pray this in amen. Jesus' name.
1: Thank you, Lord. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. 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 Thanks,
2: y'all. Lord Thanks for us right. steering
0: us in the right direction. So, so just <laughs> just a little. A little something I'm going to show you here. There's oh, God and government. I like it.
1: God yes, and government. I also and have.
2: A Jayhawk.
1: Christ. God shock.
2: We're Christ covering everything. He greater than I.
1: Culture. He greater than I. I I've got, got my K2, K2. K2. Wow. shirt on. <laughs> we had somebody Amazing. come by today, and, and Jim said, Anne's wearing one of her more non controversial shirts. <laughs> <laughs> Real quick, how
2: long have y'all been in Tampa?
1: August
0: 1st. August 1st is when we finally made it. We've been trying to come for some time, but we couldn't do it until we sold our home in D.C. And by the grace of God, we sold uh, into June, July 1, and out the door, and here we are. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. It was was God's
1: timing. We sold at the top of the market, and we bought down here as it was coming down. So the Lord knows how to steward his money correctly yes, ma'am. rightly yes, ma'am. as long as we're listening right yeah <laughs> and, and, your daughter,
2: and your daughter your daughter catherine has been down in tampa for a while right five
1: years, five years. she mm-hmm. was moved okay. here from um oh i just unplugged us but i think we have enough battery
0: yeah, you um,
1: okay she was moved here when iron man triathlon bought rock and roll marathon and they said if we rehire you it's a great story as far as
0: yeah yeah
1: You want someone to negotiate
0: for you. She did a great job. So she's up for hire. (laughs) That's awesome. Okay. Amazing. Amazing.
2: Well, y'all, let we wanna we wanna honor your time. We'll take you as long as as you're you're willing to give us, but we wanna honor your time and, and uh and we want to, when we want to be able to hear um, great truth from you all and just be encouraged and, and, uh, and Lord willing, there's some, just some sweet stuff that our listeners could, could hear from y'all. You, um, you have, you have a, a wide range of experience, uh, both in the running world, but also just um, into the political sphere, but you, you all have gotten to dip your toes into probably a lot of different realms. And so I'm, um, I'm sure that um, people will be blessed Um to hear from you, so um, but but first and foremost, uh, we the podcast is called the Running Brunch, and so um, I, I, I'm not sure if, if you all were able to make brunch and if you have brunch in front of you right now. D- were you able to make brunch?
1: Well, being the educator that I am, I of course looked up the meaning of brunch.
2: <laughs> amazing, <Yes>. amazing!
1: <laughs> I ha- I have a trivia question for you. When okay. was the word brunch first used?
2: We, okay. I, as the Running Brunch podcast, we should know this before anyone else does. But yeah. I don't know.
3: I think, I think you have
2: we, any guess? Yeah, I I'm think we actually had
3: um, a guest come on prior that also looked it up. Um, and I think it was in the 1600s. Is that right? 18, 1895. Oh, you that's right. Okay. dictionary
1: Too easy. <laughs> said 1895. But okay. Um, so we opted not to be eating while we're talking because, you Smart. know. You might catch us with our mouths full. <laughs> we're the you're older smart. generation. Well, we were taught not.
2: Well, being in <laughs> Lubbock, Texas right now, we're we brought a four by eight team down to Lubbock to try to qualify for nationals. And so we I, I have skimpy, skimpy offerings. We got a bagel with some oh. uh, some scrambled eggs on it, just to, to brunch it please, up with you. Please, we'll, like you said, eat. we'll leave it there. Well, usually on we'll, a we'll, Saturday, we'll...
0: we have brunch. It's uh bacon, scrambled eggs, pancakes. Uh, and then we have a daily bread devotional, so it's yeah, all part of the sure. brunch. Usually on a Saturday morning, getting up yeah. late. So.
1: And then an episode of The Chosen.
0: Oh yeah, amazing! Nice. I, I'm I'm only like two
2: episodes into season three right now, no, but good. we've been enjoying it. Well, let's see this. We um we're we're so tickled uh, to have you guys. But we also wanted to make sure that this wasn't just like a. Uh, we're, we're here to just interview Jim because you all are a sweet couple, but also, Anne, you're your own person as well. And so we wanted our first question to go towards uh, in the direction of how you all met. Uh, in, in doing some research, we saw that you all met maybe Anne getting an autograph or something after a race. Is that, that changed true? Changed me
0: down. So you might as well get the real story here.
2: <laughs> Come <laughs> on. And, yeah. and then as you tell the story, we'd love to hear, like, at what point did it shift from just a person getting an autograph? Like, were you... Were you crushing on him already? And Jim, when did when did it when wow. did she become more than just uh
1: He's more than just the
2: person? Yeah. <laughs> so take us where you well,
1: are. Interestingly enough, I grew up in Cleveland, a suburb of Cleveland, Ohio, Bay Village. And um, my I have six siblings, and we were all out visiting my older sister in Berkeley. And we're I'm from a football, basketball, baseball. Family And one of my brothers just out of the blue said, hey, there's going to be a, a Russian versus USA track meet down on the track at Berkeley. So let's go. Well, it turned out, correct me, that the Russians pulled out
0: mm-hmm. over Vietnam.
1: So but we were there. And really, honestly, I I knew pretty much I had run Junior Olympics AAU sprinting, you know, 50-yard dashes, long jump. It was a good one. That kind of stuff. Wow. Was, that's a great story. I was the only wow. woman in the finals.
0: Whoa. Oh, wow. Well.
1: I was the only woman of my color in the finals. I finished dead oh, well. last in the 50-yard dash.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but you were there. But you were there. But I was there. Sure.
1: I qualified. I qualified. That's awesome. Anyway, back to Berkeley. So that was the day that Jim did set his world record and one of my sisters and one of my brothers said oh let's just we'll just wait here and when he's finished we'll ask for his autograph we waited three and a half hours while he was visiting with the reporters and whatnot and he was running across a field a grass field and someone had stolen his warm-up sweats and he was and his shoes and he was carrying the spikes he was running barefoot across this grass field and i yelled him i said hey i go to kansas state thinking oh to meet someone from kansas right (laughs) not necessarily but i was at k state and he turned around and he said
0: i said catch me later and i meant that in the sense (laughs) boy it's been a long day you know i just you know, so I'm just glad that later on it was a blind date by a mutual friend. Uh, one of my high school friends, Don Walker, who was in her Spanish class, said,
1: How would you like a blind date with Jim Ryan over Thanksgiving? Oh, and, wow. and assuming that I was going home to Joan Booth's uh, for Thanksgiving. And I said, Well, it won't be a blind date for me. I know exactly what he looks like. And, <laughs> and yeah, by that time I knew who Jim Ryan was. Uh, Anyway, so we had our blind date. With we had the, our blind date. A reunion of the high school track team.
0: East High Track team was having a reunion in Wichita that particular weekend. So uh, Don came over with his car and picked me up, and we went out uh, on, on our date. And, you know, one of the things that she attempted to get uh, at the track meet was lots of different autographs for her aunts and uncles and cousins, whatever. I know there are a bunch of them. And so that night, she sat me down and got them all. Now, let's ask. <laughs> Where those autographs are? Where are those autographs today?
1: One, one of the coaches, Bob Price, out in California, he thinks he got the only autograph that day from Jim Ryan, and he gave it to us probably a dozen years ago. So we do have one autograph, but not any of the ones. So now here's
0: where the real story goes. I was smitten. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is an amazing woman. And we were neither of us are Christians at that point, but I thought she'd be a wonderful mother, a wonderful grandmother. And so now instead of her chasing me after the meet, I am now chasing her, so to speak. And, And... (laughs) well, we're two different places. She's at Kansas State in Manhattan. It's 90 miles away. Uh Uh, I'm in Lawrence. And so, gee, we didn't have another date till... Later, I can't remember exactly what it was April. in April, April. so it was several months later. Uh, and I think, did you come over to the Kansas Relays? Mm-hmm. And she came over to watch the Kansas Relays. And, and
1: I brought my brother, a brother, and a sister yeah. with me, you know, this is okay. a the affair.
0: And That's so, the, awesome. yeah, 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 progress like that. That mm-hmm. would be in 1967. Uh, and I arranged mm-hmm. when I was coming back from Europe with the U.S. track and field team to just swing to this little place in Cleveland called Bay Village to meet her family. And so I, I saw them at the airport and they pulled up in what I recall two station wagons. I who, what have I, what are, who, it it a huge family. And it was. <laughs> that's, that's From that awesome.
1: point on, we we were a, a couple,
2: mm-hmm. right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. And the, and then I think I I think I saw on Catherine's Facebook that you all hit your 54th anniversary this mm-hmm. year. Is that right?
1: Good, Peter. That is really good. <laughs> yeah. and it'
2: well, amazing. Congratulations!
1: All due to God's grace, His forgiveness, mm-hmm. and His sense of humor, and right. His love. Yeah. Right.
2: Yeah. I, Real and quick, say- I, and I know that I, we didn't include it on the questions we'd asked, but I know that you'd be comfortable going there. Like you said, you weren't mar- you weren't uh, followers of Jesus. At the beginning which of things, church? did you all come to the your church? Okay, that which which I have a very similar story as you know. I mean, growing up uh, in in a sweet Christian household, but I, uh, I I wouldn't say that I was really surrendered to Jesus until into my college years. Even though I was churched and was doing a lot of things right, so I I, yeah. I know that
0: well.
1: Well, I, I know think that well. It's t- the the okay.
0: thing that got our attention was that there became speed bumps in our life, which. Uh, if people are really honest with themselves, God allows for them to take, if you will, uh, issue or not issue, but take an evaluation of their life. Where are they going? What are they doing? And is there any value to it? Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. that began for us a search that lasts a couple of years. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember, in fact, when we finally moved, long story, we won't go there, but to Santa Barbara. I remember on one Sunday morning, we went to Sunday morning church
1: at four different Episcopal four churches. Different
0: churches. You know, so we were we,
1: determined.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But then, but then God put in our path, an older couple, when we went back to Lawrence for a training time uh, for the for the uh, 72 Olympics, uh, they were born again. And and I knew Bernie and his wife, uh, Claire, we'd just gotten to know them. We got them to know them a lot more. But they were on fire, older born again Christians, and they began mentoring us.
1: Yes, wow. they were dear friends wow. of Coach Timmons and his wife. So mm-hmm. they recognized that we were lost and needed Christ. They just started yeah. pouring, pouring Christ into us. And unfortunately, I think Peter, when you shared a, a bit of your
3: I lose everybody foot, there okay,
1: we go in in Christ of some kind, whether it's going to church or whether it's a religion instead of a relationship. Yes, ma'am. And, and God just continues. To woo us and and provides um, opportunity. So our mm-hmm. opportunity was that Jim's running instead of getting better was getting worse, and oh, wow. the final straw was in Los Angeles at a meet. He finished dead last. Wow! And to know Jim Ryan is to know that his life is every day. He's very very lovely,
0: boringly mellow,
1: very very. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, uh, he hey, you know, if, if somebody's going to get angry, it's going to mm. be Ann. Well, that day he wow. was angry. He, I'd never seen him like that. And he said, We're going to go back to Kansas. Timmy's going to help me. Beautiful story. Uh, it was in Sports Illustrated that Jim was going to go back to Kansas to train for the 72 Olympics. And Tom and Donna Moeller. Who are now dear, dear friends of ours read that in the Sports Illustrated and said, He doesn't need Coach Timmons, mm-hmm. he needs Jesus. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. was March of 1972. On the 18th of 1972, we asked Jesus to come into yeah. our hearts to live his life through us. And the breaking and the sandpapering and the pruning began yeah. when we returned to Santa Barbara. In the morning, we were attending Episcopal Church. In the afternoon, we ended up at Melody Land, where Tom Moeller just happened to be the teaching minister. So that is how we know the story of people praying for mm-hmm. us, right? Praying for us to know Christ. And I, I think that is key for all Christians, that we ought to have have many, many unsaved friends and relatives that we are praying for their salvation and we are planting into them yeah.
0: And I, I didn't want to say something you know it's so easy so often we think when we come to Christ, he's going to smooth everything out and that was not really the case as ann said we sand, we're sandpaper different things. And I think that's an important lesson for everyone as they are in search of a relationship with Jesus Christ. He doesn't allow you to stay where you are when you first meet mm-hmm. him oh. and to advance you further is like a coach. Mm-hmm. What does a coach ask you to do things that you aren't necessarily comfortable with, yeah. but it's for the ultimate purpose of evaluating, helping you become the all best, best athlete you can be. And that's really true as you walk with the Lord in the sense that, you know, where you meet him, he's there taking your hand and challenging you and taking you to new levels if you have the right attitude, and I, I have to say this, that's one thing Coach Simmons had to work with me, In a lot of times I had what was known as a BA, bad <laughs> attitude, and so you know, had to work with me to get me thinking positive, uh, that was, it was, especially when I first started running, I couldn't believe this amazing thing was happening to me, when you had been cut from the church baseball team, and now you're you're in the Olympic finals as a junior, uh, Olympic U.S. trials as a junior, you're going, what, what am I doing, I mean, it wasn't, you couldn't I couldn't put my arms around it. It was just so incomprehensible. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh that's kind you of, go ahead go ahead go ahead go ahead.
1: You mentioned our 54th anniversary and we ended the day looking at each other saying thanks be to God we are not the same people mm. that we were at age 21 mm-hmm. when we were married. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So God God does he's not finished with us yet by any means yeah. but We're so very, very grateful that he did not leave us at age 21. (laughs) That we can an adventure with him that continues to be, indeed, an adventure, a joy and a delight.
0: And that's one of the things that we do in our running camp, Ryan Running Camp. So you can go to to ryanrunning.com. We want to teach them and convey to them a lifestyle. So that's what the staff is there for. That's what we're there for. Yes, we have incredible coaching and incredible talks. But the most important thing is to help get them ready to go back into high school wherever they are, recognizing that God has a call on their life. And not everyone comes to camp as a Christian, but anyone who mm-hmm. to Ryan with you, you dot running.com and find out more.
1: And let's invite yeah. Ben to come this summer, <laughs> July.
0: Uh, yes, ma'am. Yeah.
1: 16th to the 21st at the YMCA of the Rockies in, in Estes, Estes Park, Power. right? We Just would maybe. love for you to come as our guests.
0: You could get some altitude oh, you're amazing. it's only 80. Wow. Feet. Let's go.
1: We would We've really got
0: a
2: uh, we've got some athletes that live in Colorado Springs and uh and maybe we could we could loop by them and pick yeah. them up and come That's, out as well.
0: Colorado Springs is kid stuff. That's only 6700. Right, right. <laughs> you got to go up another <laughs> 1800 feet to really live. So we uh yeah, yeah.
3: when Peter and I were in college, we used to have part of a what can't remember if it was the athletes retreat or if it was a uh, spring or fall retreat, but CCU would actually bring us up to the YMCA, the Rockies. Um, yeah. And then there's the silver cliff or there's another camp that's right above it that we'd also go to for a little bit. Um, so
2: you're thinking Ben athletes retreat was in Buena Vista in one whoa, year. It was right. a frontier ranch in Buena Vista. And then silver cliff was just above it. That was uh, a, it was uh, a so spring retreat for,
0: Spring retreat was in SS Park.
1: Yeah. Yes, yeah. we went out there to is it even higher?
0: No, it's not necessarily okay. higher, but it is right. in quite a ways. Yep. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. That's awesome. But yeah, yeah. I mean,
3: I, I, I I'll
0: gladly make that happen. I've, i I
3: <laughs> will get there and oh, wow. be there and I would love every second of it. Um so hey Ben, where do you wanna
2: <laughs> where do you wanna take us next, Ben?
3: Yeah, so there was a there was a really good part that Jim mentioned in there about getting cut from the church uh baseball team, and then all of a sudden now you find yourself in the finals. How did you get into competitive running? What was that like? Well,
0: the easiest way to describe it, I couldn't do anything else. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I, I, you know, when you're catching the junior high track team, the junior high basketball team and the church baseball team, you know, there's only one of the sport in Kansas available and that was track and field and, and junior high team. I couldn't make that. So I actually went out for the uh, East High cross country team, not understanding that it was a race of two miles. I'd never run further than a quarter of a mile uh, and without stopping. So you can imagine the shock to the system. So that's why, really, a lot of Coach Timmons' training was to get me to think mm-hmm. the right way, and that was hard because I had those you know experiences in junior high and before where it, nothing went really, really well. And so, uh, in fact, I, I I'd happened to dig out just one little period of time in nineteen. 19- 64 from uh, I was in my we've been reorganizing yeah. ourselves uh because we just moved here and this is actually the workouts so I thought you might find this interesting because yeah. this is what he was constantly trying to do was to get me to think the right way so here we are June 1 uh, I'll just make this very quick three I need times a
3: pad three. of paper <laughs> me. so I need a pad of paper to write this I all do down you know,
0: <laughs> June 1st uh, uh, three times in 880 and at this point in time, I'm coming around, but I've not done anything that's earth-shattering. I had run well the week before in Modesto. We're getting ready now for Compton, which would be historic in the event with, you know, minute. so three times an 880. First one was 202. The next one is 158.5. And then I crawled across the third one at 158. So, you know, we had a 660 jog in between. But see, the reason behind all of this is Coach Timmons wanted me to understand that if you could run three of them under two minutes, you could put two together if I was not stopping and get there. And so he was trying to get me to think at that level. So that was really the workout for the week. And then on uh, Friday, uh, was it June 4th, Compton realized I ran into four minutes for the first time. So the biggest obstacle, wow. it, it was just the process of seeing yourself do it, believing it. And as a Christian, I you know, he was just drawing me out, helping me understand many of those lessons. Were transferable to walking with Christ, and that you're going to have challenges. You know, meet them, uh, learn from them, and, and and grow from them. So that's just a little glimpse yeah. of it all. Wow
2: was was the conversation of sub four even there with you and Timmons before this moment, or like the
0: conversation was considering it? Jim, you're going to do this. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so
2: when was it after that workout that you were like, "Oh, I actually believe him," or you towed the no, line still- on the day of?
0: I, I had to admit it was a pretty special workout, uh, but to think, I still had difficulty connecting the dots, mm, yeah. uh, and, and yet I was running well enough that, it you know, that's a possibility, so the goal, I think most, one of the things I share with the campers, the goal on June 5th, 1964, uh, was to run into four minutes, which I did, I ran 359, now, up until, yeah. perhaps you have this with some of your athletes, they adopt the goal you give them, mm-hmm. Is it a goal they take ownership of? Yeah. Well, so we talk about that after the race, after I ran 359, I went back to the hotel room that night and I couldn't sleep because I realized they had been coached Timmons goal. Now what happened if I were to take ownership of it and ownership means you recognize there are certain things that you could do and work out or you know, maybe sleep more at night or eat better or, you know, maybe an extra effort. If I were to take ownership, what might happen? I, I'm sure that's an issue. You guys go through a few athletes is it's one thing okay. to get a goal. And accomplish it, but have they taken ownership where they'll take on the responsibility to get to the next level? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I
1: think Jim, when you touched on um, the bad attitude, mm-hmm. I think probably one of the biggest is it a big gift uh, that that we can exercise is the gift of being teachable. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you have run into this where you say one thing, and an athlete says another, and then you have to say. I'm the coach, you're the student, you're the runner, you will do what I've got to to do. And and the other thing would be integrity. Sometimes Timmy would leave Jim on the track to do the workout Mm. on his own.
0: Yeah, there was one in particular. Trusting
1: him to not cheat.
0: In the summer of 1972. By the way, before I share that with you, this has been one of my great encouragers right here there mm. because I, I still struggle with some things and uh, you know in terms of walking in faith but God has gifted in with great vision and positivity and that to me has been an enormous blessing and I'm really grateful for that
1: and so, it is a gift that is. can
2: you speak into that just uh, as far as like while you were both uh while Jim you were still training and racing and then, and how it shifted into, life since then like specific ways that she encouraged and and whatnot that she was that good support for you
0: why don't I tell you the story and we'll come right back to that so yeah, yeah. One, this, this is one in particular that uh I may, may we talked about it and talk about it in the camp butch timmons came out to the track I was training on my own uh it was in the summer of 72 and he said jim I, I just want you to do two half mile runs today I said, well, yeah, okay. Well, what do you what do you mean by that? He said, well, I just want you to run two half, half miles and then you can take a shower and go home. I said, okay. Well, what are we doing? He said, well, I want you to run 150 the first one, and then I tell you, I want you to jog two laps and come back and run the second one faster. And I nodded my head. Back, oh man, that's gonna hurt. You know. <laughs> so, and then he, though, then he said, I want you to come to my office and tell me how you did. And so, you know, there's that element of accountability. Well, oh my goodness. He left. He packed it up and went home, and I. As I recall, the first one was just under 150. The last one was a little, a little over 149. But I can't remember hurting so much in my, my whole life. Most of it was because there wasn't somebody there to help by calling splits and saying you're doing a great job. Yeah. And so that's a lesson. And you talk about, you know, accountability or integrity. We want to say, I, I, he gave me the job of doing these two half mile runs, but then he gave me an accountability aspect aspect of it. Come tell me what you did. Oh, you mean, I need to actually do this, huh? Yes, you do. Well, well, I want to go where you wanted to go a moment ago with a family yeah. and a relationship and how that's been an encouragement. Um, I, I think one thing that's been a blessing for us right now is that we both get up in the morning and have our devotions and then we share those devotions. And it's been really it's intriguing when and that's why you have four gospels, I think, because each mm. one of those writers saw something different in their encounter with Jesus. That's why the four gospels are different. So uh, when we get done sharing different things, we both have a different perspective. Uh, and that mm-hmm. perspective is legitimate. And it helps us in our walk with the Lord. And that's been really invaluable yeah. for us.
1: And I think God's grace really is sufficient, mm-hmm. because a lot of people talk about God's grace, but do we really extend it to one another? Do we really have an understanding of perhaps the backside of that person's life? Right. Instead of judging, we have an understanding of where he or she is coming from. And Jim is very mercy motivated. He's very um
0: How does that work his, with running so his, fast? I his first don't know.
1: response <laughs> is always one of kindness. And gentleness and I am built very black and white and to have that understanding of one another especially when we were raising our children I mean our children fondly referred to me and still do as the little general <laughs> <laughs> fondly you got the word fondly right uh-huh. yeah yeah as, yeah. Um, as and and we came to the Lord when we were 25. So we hadn't, uh, we had Heather. So our eldest was born Um, and then we had twins, Ned and Drew, and then we had Catherine. Um, Mm -hmm. so we really didn't know about training children in Christ or disciplining them. I, we had both been disciplined as children. Um, Probably very similarly, but how do you do it in Christ? And someone graciously gave us Dr. Dobson's book, Dare to Discipline. Mm -hmm. Let me just say, when we first met Dr. Dobson in person and did a radio program with him, we went out to lunch and the four children were with us. We were all having lunch. Dr. Dobson didn't spend one minute speaking to Jim or me. Uh The lunch started out with 14-year-old Heather saying, Dr. Dobson, yeah. I just want to thank you for teaching our parents how to discipline us with love.
0: Yeah, I see the head shake And yeah, right was amazing.
1: correction. And after, after lunch, I mean, that's how the lunch started. And he just engaged. And then years later when we were serving in congress he again took us to dinner and again it was i i I want to talk with your four children because his premise was the proof is in the pudding Mm -hmm. you can tell me all you want one one minister from northern california Mm -hmm. when Jim was a youth pastor at a church in kansas city said um Very nice to meet you, but I'd like to meet your wife and your children. (laughs) Because once I meet your wife and your children, I can tell you everything I need to know about you, the the husband and the father. Yeah. Right. So I don't know, back to grace. It's it is it, it is about grace. It's about mercy triumphing over judgment. It's about extending to one another the 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 same love that Christ has extended to us and our volunteer right, and, right, and, right, and, and, and no, we don't do that. <laughs> what we do is, oh, please, Lord, help us not to sin in thought, word, or deed. But he knows our frame. He knows that we will sin and that his forgiveness is there. It is there day and night Circumstance by circumstance. And Anne knows this because
0: we've been married 54 years. And I'm not a perfect guy. Now, the reason I mentioned that is one of the successes in a marriage is that word grace and mercy, but also forgiveness, being quick uh-huh. to forgive. Uh, and sometimes it's in bed at night as you're praying and you're, you know, yeah. re- reflecting on the day, please forgive me. In my case, maybe an attitude, uh, but it's 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 in that transparency. Uh, That leads to longevity in a relationship. And for us, that's been very important for going forward.
1: For those who are married, who are listening to us, we have a wonderful um, part of our day. We end our day in prayer with one another Mm -hmm. out loud, because that is such a it becomes a very transparent, vulnerable time As you're lying in bed and you're going over the day, and maybe there was a hurtful word spoken or something that was done that was perhaps not too much. There's healing, and you can fall asleep in peace and loving one another, Mm -hmm. knowing that the slate is clean. Right. There have
0: been a few times, and I'll admit this, I'm a bit stubborn, uh, (laughs) where I have failed to follow our own little process here. And boy, it was a miserable night of sleep. But boy, first thing in the morning, honey, please forgive me for my feel better, function better, but your relationship will be healthier.
2: Um, I want to kind of steer us towards, and and we're kind of dancing around this already, but just um, somewhat towards Ann and and Jim, you can chime in as well. But And I'd love to know, like, what... Like just kind of sharing the highs and lows of being married to like an an eternal celebrity in the running.
1: I'd like to know that too. What do you? That is great. (laughs) That is a great both
2: both on like the relational side for you, but also just like the the logistical side of um the logistical side of of traveling and and either him being gone or or have people ever treated you like you were in the shadow of Jim Ryan or take us take us forever.
0: Let me, let me set this up for a minute, only because um, she may reflect on it, but when we first were married, uh, becoming the wife of, of, you know, my wife, we went to our first meet in, in June in Los Angeles, the old Compton Relays, and it sort of set the tone, I mean, just kind of giving you an idea, I thought it was, you know, what you went through, we slept the whole, I slept the whole time, remember you? Yeah. It
1: was Compton, yeah. I didn't know, anyway, um, so... I think in any marriage, the individuals involved in the marriage need to be whole and healthy in and of themselves, right? Mm-hmm. It's not a self confidence as much as like <clears throat> confidence in who God created you to be. And honestly, I was Ann Snyder. And mm-hmm. I, you know, was a cheerleader from Bay Village High School. I was one of the Snyder children and da, da, da. And so, a K
0: state Division One cheerleader too. Yeah,
1: eventually. Wow. Uh, so then I got married to Tim Ryan. And I thought, well, if anybody acknowledges me at all, it's oh hi, Mrs. Ryan. Mrs. Ryan, not Anne, just hi, Mrs. Ryan. And I thought, well, this is wow. kind of strange. So the Lord was working. I didn't know it then, but he was working on my pride and my haughtiness. Oh, hot. And after coming to Christ one night, I was crying to the Lord and I'm going, Lord, nobody knows my name. And I Mm. heard him speak into my spirit. I know your name. And I know it's spelled with an E on the end. From that moment on, there was a. A peace and a strength. Um, I remember being in New Orleans and you were speaking at a, you were being interviewed at a rock and roll expo. And the, the interviewer called me up and he said, okay, I've got a question for you. What's it like to live in Jim Ryan's shadow? And one of my friends from D.C. happened to be there and she shouted out, are you kidding? Anne Ryan doesn't live in anybody's shadow. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope I live under the shadow of his wings. I hope that's mm. where I do live, under God's shadow. Um, Let's go. But I, I do think that there is no person on this earth that can give you the wholeness emotionally uh, and mentally that christ gives so being married to jim not only has it been an adventure
0: (laughs) um positive mostly
1: (laughs) yeah but the best is that we don't do anything um unless we are in agreement so we don't, whether it's disciplining our children or spending God's money in a particular way, or going um, to Greece, which we haven't done yet, but maybe someday. Anyway, it, it's it's something that there is a oneness in our relationship. We have one checkbook, we have one checking account. We have we we are absolutely a team but every team needs a leader, right? Every team needs a coach. So Christ is our coach, but this guy is, is the coach He's still of learning, our family. I mean, he is, yeah. I mean, we, he was always open to our family. We would, we have a, well, right behind us, we have a 50 year old round dinner table that we bought in sweden in 1972 so it's exactly 50 years old and we would have our family meetings there and jim would graciously listen to all of our ideas and suggestions but then he had the responsibility of going to the lord and saying okay lord how should we do this in case in point the 1984 olympics we really really wanted to go they were in los angeles We didn't have, of course, the the finances and whatnot. Well, like a week before, one of the sponsors that Jim had been working with called and said, hey, we have two rooms for you at the Disney Hotel. We have all these tickets. None of our employees want to go because they're afraid of the the shootings. They were having a lot
0: of shootings and riots on the street.
1: (laughs) Would you like to come and bring your family?
0: Wow. Uh, wow. So I wanna I wanna interject that this this is a process though of becoming one. And I started to tell yeah. a little bit. One of our very first trips together after we were married was June of 1969. And I hadn't really explained to <laughs> Anne completely what it is when I went into a race, and that is prior to the race, you just slept the whole time. Now, mm-hmm. that, was, that was my expectation. However, I would not really conveyed that to her, even though I think she kind of knew it. Her expectation was, I oh, we're going to go to Los Angeles. There's going to be some shopping. And,
1: <laughs> and you know, I so- <laughs> was speaking of a very self-centered, very selfish 21-year-old woman. Well,
0: both of so us at that that's- point.
1: But- so well-
0: I ran in the race and it was good. And then at about nine o'clock at night, Nine thirty, whatever it was, night. We went to Disneyland. Oh
3: my goodness! Doesn't
0: the timeline that she had in mind, but but that's that was bringing again two selfish people together, and it takes time uh, to become one. Yeah. That's why with people that are watching young married couples, hang in there. You know they're yeah. going to be bumps, but that's when the it yeah. gets better and better as a result of learning how to become one. Yeah. Yeah.
3: So Jim and uh, and kind of the next question in that same vein, when in your uh, professional career, um, did you find it easier and more difficult to maintain that, that peace and stability in the Lord um, throughout the time when you were specifically competing uh, on the international level?
0: You're thinking about me. Oh, yes. kind, of, so, kind of, yeah, bo- both yeah. and, but yeah, mainly Jim. <laughs> A lot of that time frame in terms of how to handle things internationally all took place before we became Christians. Okay. In 1972, Mm -hmm. a lot of what, I mean, world records and everything else were prior to that. That doesn't mean that, you know, there weren't things still to come, but I'd I'd had to learn in that process some very deep valleys. I remember one time on the KU track indoor season, and it was an old dirt track around uh, Allen Fieldhouse where they they play basketball. Now, of course, it's all basketball-dedicated. Gotcha. Jay Hawk Allen Field House. So, Let's go. I remember I, I was having a late class and so I was training on my own and it wasn't going well. And I remember I sat down on the side of the track and I thought, but I didn't know the Lord then. I thought, what's this all about? Why, why am I doing this? It's a lot of work and today's not going well at all. And I don't recall how I got out of the funk because I was on my own. Uh, I had a late class and I couldn't train at the team. And that was a very important part of my training. But it was that process of being broken that would allow, allow us to search for Christ, because in that brokenness, you realize no matter how successful you are and no, how many world records, no, and, and you're married to a wonderful woman and all that, none of that fills that, that chasm or that hole in your heart we often talk about until you have that relationship with Christ. So in answer to your question, I didn't handle all those things that well. Uh, Back on the international level, it's not that I did everything wrong, but one of the things that blessed me uh, and helped me a lot was I was very quiet. So if I had done something stupid, I kept my mouth shut, and nobody knew that. (laughs) That was one of the secrets. (laughs)
1: Broadcast? I didn't
0: broadcast. I kept it as a secret. Oh, that's amazing!
2: Real, real quick. uh, You, yeah, you know, Anne's mentioned Jim. You've mentioned, and then even right there, quiet, meek. Um you know I we've got a one of my 800 runners her name her name is Emma Brown um and she is she is the kindest and sweetest and just soft personality um individual th- there is and she's still learning how to race aggressively and and oh. to to chase and whatnot and and so the other day I was asking her like when is it in life that you like have just like the most either either swagger or just like confidence ag- aggressive trying to check her into some different when she toes the line um was that a, a, an issue for you, you you're uh, usually i would equate meek personality to struggling to uh, attack the competition and whatnot uh play around with that question
0: i'll play with it in this way meekness is really strength under control and Let's so go. allow her to see that and you drawing that out will solve a lot of your problems with regard to That's how really you learn to race and race better i mean praying before you go and recognizing that God's given to that talent uh i for me it became more a matter of see one of my real initiatives and goals when i first started running on the cross-country team and then eventually the track team i wanted to be a part of something mm. Mm. up until that point we talk about this in our camp Running.com, you'll find us all there is that
2: we'll, we'll include I, it in the show notes for sure there you go <laughs>
0: that i I hadn't been a part of anything i had been cut from everything and so now as all of a sudden i mean i remember when i got my first letter jacket in high school Mm -hmm. and i thought wow i'm kind of a pretty cool guy i got the great big e for (laughs) east high school and then you got the two little cc gold pins you pin on your your letter and uh you know so i was part of something and yet even in that being a part of something there was still if i look back on it now an emptiness Really, that's what life's all about. But it was for me at that point. And so, again, that aspect of after the first four-minute mile, taking ownership, getting young people, that's what we talk about on camp. You know, you going to church isn't the answer. You need a living, live relationship with Jesus Christ. And our, our chaplain mm-hmm. comes in, Matt Mayer, uh, from Ocean City, New Jersey, has a mark. Jersey. Family. Yes, there you go. <laughs> New Jersey. Uh, so
2: joisy
0: there you go <laughs> matt matt is one of those guys who was a professional soccer player was intentionally raised in a christian home but snapped his achilles in a, a professional soccer game uh got drunk went out asked you know killed somebody was in prison going to be either i don't know 10 or fifteen. Five. Oh, oh yeah five, and, he ended and
1: up he, being in prison he, he came years. to the
0: lord and he has a marvelous not just testimony but communication skill our campers love him i used to be the top mm. speaker in camp i'm no longer there i mean yeah. Matt's taken over and i love it because he's got a great message for him yes that's awesome mm.
3: yeah
2: well that's uh i mean it's similar like if if you two don't spend time together uh it doesn't matter how much Catherine or ned or heather your kids tell one of you about the other the other of you two you have to spend time together in order to know and experience each other like if if we don't do this interview and all we have is wikipedia results about jim and ann ryan um then then we don't experience you all and and we don't have a a deeper uh you know knowledge um experiential knowledge of the two y'all so like like you're saying it's it's more than just going to church it's it's spending time with the lord learning how to know him for yourself or or else or else you'll just have some facts Right. prior
1: to our coming tonight um we uh, i went up to the ups store and i gave the sweet young girl uh daily bread and chim's tract and and she, i said have you ever received these before and um she said no and i said i think you'll find them very interesting because the daily bread is going to feed your spirit so we eat every day physically but this you will be eating god's word and she looked at me and she said thank you so much and i think key to our walk with the lord is that we are feeding our spirits not just once a day but Mm -hmm. through the day whether it's listening to a teaching one of our favorite guys is charles stanley so, he has mm-hmm. a 20 minute teaching that we all listen to and then exchange. And of course, we have our own individual um, quiet times. And then Matt Mayer is on um, YouTube. And so we listen to him. I mean, we're just, you know, doing the dishes or whatever. But for your dear, precious runner, Amy, I mean, such an encouragement to her would be just that, you know, to have mm-hmm. that special time with the Lord Mm -hmm. and then when Jim wasn't a Christian he was churched Mm -hmm. so he would he would start every race with a prayer before he went out on the track Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Lord would you please help me with this and today I was thinking of the hymn I need thee oh I need thee every hour I need thee and I thought every hour every second Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) I'm not gifted in hospitality or cooking. So our children were all taught how to cook, how to bake and how to extend to show yourself friendly. So a couple of weeks ago, we were having friends for lunch who were coming from Colorado and Jim and Catherine were golfing with them before they came back to our home. And all morning long, you guys, I am praying going, okay, Lord Jesus, how would Catherine do this? (laughs) What steps would she make? Would she set the table first? Would she make the quiche first? How would Catherine do this? Because I'm not good at that. So I have to work at it and I really have to pray my way through it. Even at my age, I think, surely I've learned it by now. Surely I've picked up on some of this and maybe I have, but.
0: (laughs) So I want to push the pause button for a second. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. if, you, if your listeners are listening to Ann, they're going to see that she has the natural gift of evangelism. Yes, sir. So That's where each one of us in our walk with the Lord has to try and find where that gift is. Hers is pretty straightforward. I mean, she sees a person, I don't care whether they're walking down the street or at the airport or whatever, and her gift is. I can. She can go up and talk to them. Don't doesn't know their name, but finds that out, and she'll share Christ with. And I struggle in that area, and yet I want to be a better evangelist in that sense. And so, yeah. I guess what I'm saying is, to your listeners, spend time with the Lord and ask Him where, where their giftings are, and then I'm mm-hmm. grooming those gifts so that you can honor Him. So, yeah. anyway, that, That's rather like, than
2: rather, rather than trying rather than trying to be what someone else is good at. Um, and that you're probably not going to fit very well. Yeah, Yeah, exactly.
1: Good story on that. When we were first married, I was teaching school uh, in Lawrence, Kansas, and Jim was taking another year because he had not gone to school um, during the 68 Olympics. Anyway, we would go home and we would have lunch and we'd play Yahtzee or we would play chess. Wait,
0: do you guys know what those games are? We do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: Talk about trying to compete with him! I'm mean, yeah, yeah. Is that I mean, we would play again and again and again yeah. until I could win. I mean, yeah, yeah. so silly because yeah. I mean, the body of Christ is fashioned with the arms and the legs and the fingers and the toes and the and why would I sit there and say, "Well, I want to be like him"? No. Yeah. Lord, I want to be like you. In one of the chosen episodes, um, Jesus looks at one of his disciples and he says, I want you to be like me. Yeah. I sat there and I thought, who else can say that? No one in the whole world can say that. Only Jesus can say, yeah. I want yeah. you to be like me Yeah, and to do the things that I have done and greater things that than I have done. Will you mm-hmm. do? i'm going oh okay we got this
0: <laughs>
1: we're always learning yeah. aren't we it's awesome we are always yeah.
2: learning. been been where you want to go next
3: yeah uh, well I'll, first I just want to say it's crazy how the lord works um one thing that I'm working through right now is having that that being day like fed daily um being poured into daily and just like working through aspects of uh something that happened a couple of years ago um and my wife and I are currently kind of like working through what, what does me getting back involved with the um, the body of Christ, like the, specifically the church. Um, and how do I, how do I navigate that from what's happened before and just have like hearing what you said, and is such an encouragement. And I, it's like, it's crazy how the Lord works um, just <laughs> in these moments of we've never even met. And you're already like, he is, he is speaking through you to me. Um, so Jim, I totally 100% see what you're saying about her. Just having that, uh, that heart for evangelism, um, so um, and it's God.
1: it's, yeah. so it's all God. People say, "How oh, why are you so bold?" And I'm going, mm. "I don't know that it's boldness. I think that it's Christ's love. Like mm-hmm. when I see someone, whether well, it's at the UPS store or wherever in the airport, and I'm drawn to them, it's because of Christ's love for them. I am." I am drawn by his love. And I don't care what people think of me. I think I, I care what God thinks of me, right? I'm not mm-hmm. a man pleaser. But mm-hmm. I think boldness is birthed in in his love, in his yeah. love for others. That's so awesome. I want to
0: offer this one thing that Coach Timmons had to do, and that's what this is, uh, was to journal our workouts. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, having said that, I want to encourage you guys and your listeners to journal your quiet times Mm -hmm. in a a notebook, write down things. And over time you can reflect back on them and you can see, you know, different things you were struggling with or things that you had victory in and and growth. And to me, that's been important as I look back on my journal and I can see, you know, while maybe at the moment I'm not where I'd like to be spiritually, I'm not Mm -hmm. where I once was either. And so that's why the journal and part of it, I would encourage your listeners to do, Get a cheap notebook. You can get a fancy leather one, whatever you want to do, but just start writing things down. Yeah. Uh, and you'll be surprised as you reflect back on just, just how God has worked in your life. Right. Last
1: week, a friend texted me and said, Do you keep a divine appointments <laughs> journal? And I went, Oh, I've never even thought of that. And then the next day, we had breakfast with a friend from North Carolina that. I met in the Reagan airport and we, I gave him, Chim's tract, and we engaged in conversation and we, <laughs> this is like four or five years ago mm-hmm. and I went, divine appointments journal. What doesn't that sound like a great idea? Yeah. Cause then you can go back and you can see where mm-hmm. God intersected with others.
3: Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so <laughs> the, uh, the next, every time we have a podcast, we have a guest on, we always do this section called repeats or intervals. Um, And these are basically just like really fast answer questions. Uh, we shoot something out. You say the first thing that comes to your mind and then we say the next question. So it's real bang, bang, bang. This should be these
2: are, these are like 200 repeats, short rest. I mean, it's going to be rough. It's going to be really short rest, even though we're going <laughs> quick.
0: And you find out who's the fastest one in the family. Just Let's go. Ben, get it, man.
3: All right. Um, let's see. Jim, what was your what was your favorite workout, like your staple workout that you did any time in your career?
0: Well, it was a two-man, 10-mile relay. We only did those until I was a junior in college. Very, very difficult. We'd do it at the end of the cross-country season. That would mean that you'd run a quarter. The other guy would run a quarter mile, and you'd always pray that he slowed down so he'd have a little <laughs> more rest. You do 10 miles, five miles apiece. Uh, and I think John Lawson and I still maybe have that on Guinness 60.1 and 60.2. So the rest was short, but it was uh, intense. But really, I, when I knew once I'd done that, I'd gotten all the cross-country work I needed. I was ready to start into a track.
2: Awesome. Amazing. Okay, next repeat. And your favorite photo of Jim running.
1: Oh, easy one. Sports Illustrated cover. Um, he was winning the... 1972 Olympic trials in the 1500 meters that he never showed emotion when he finished a race and this he's on seven sports illustrated covers and this one his arms are raised he was so excited that he raised them before the actual finish line he thought he had finished (laughs) and he still had like uh, what? A couple, three yards to go. Yeah, and then he threw them up again. Oh, you oh, have one Wait, of We have parents... oh,
0: sent this. so There it is. Oh, oh my, my goodness! Great question. Wow, that's awesome. And she's uh, in the hands, cheering and praying. Yes, well, yeah, that's so funny. I'm going to see if then?
3: I can get this to uh to show up on the screen here. Uh, following him up with photos, Jim. Do you recognize this photo at all?
1: Uh, yeah, who's in the background?
0: I, I, I do. Well, let's put it this way. I, I may have seen. That's it before. not cheap. I don't know who's, behind, um, who's It TV. would
3: be uh, it would be John McDonald. Um, From Arkansas? Was a, yep. And it was a two mile yeah. race. Um, oh, okay. My uh, my boss at Rush Running ran under John at the University of Arkansas. And I said, hey, if you could ask Jim Ryan anything, uh, what would you ask him? He said, ask him what it was like to have John sit on his shoulder for the two mile and out kick him. So I wanted to hear what were your thoughts <laughs> on that. <laughs> <laughs> That's That's he you,
2: blocked that. you blocked that from yeah, your memory. That You're like, <laughs> memory
3: yep and what's great is that we actually have this as a photo we have your signature um down uh is it this side let's see yeah one of them go with god this side yeah, not, go with me. god and it, john three um uh, three, three, yep, three, three, three three eight. um and then the other side has john's signature um oh, wow. so oh, he, nice. uh mike cherishes sure. that photo up in our photo shop so it's (laughs) awesome um and what would what would you what would Jim say that you're better at than him and what would you say that you're better at than him
1: I I'm better at knowing people's names and recording them in my (laughs) head okay and then the first part of that question what would Jim what would Jim
3: say that you're better at
0: and I, I would I would say that same thing. In fact, when I served in <laughs> Congress, uh, Anne would know names that were four or five years before. And so, what I would do is usually segue to the policy that they were asking about because she had the names. I need to talk about
1: policy. And, and not only is it a gift, oh, yeah. but it is uh, it becomes a a very powerful gift Tool. when you pray for those people mm-hmm. when you yeah. actually leave them and pray for them. And they become your, you know, part of your spirit, part of right. who That's you good.
2: are. That's good. Next repeat. um, Jim, uh, if you were to be racing at an elite level today, what would be different about your pre-race breakfast from then to now? Would you eat anything different in your pre-race breakfast from then to now?
0: Not even, not really. I'd probably eat the same thing. I just, I always ate very light. If anything, I'd have six to eight hours between my last meal before a race because I wanted my stomach to be my friend, not causing trouble. Yeah. And so yep. I just, I just avoided food and make sure I'd eaten well. Usually my races were, you know, eight, 10 o'clock at night uh, when you're running international, whatever. Yeah. So I have a good breakfast and uh, an early lunch sleep for two or three hours and then just not eat until after the. i ate well when it was over because i was hungry but i learned early on out of experience that if i had food on my stomach it was not my friend yeah yeah, yeah. that's yep. good that's
3: good uh, i like it jim what are your what are your thoughts on sho- super shoes and do you think you could have run faster if they were a thing when you were running uh in high school and and post-collegiately
0: well, they, I'm sure they would have helped. But let me just say this: In my day, we were running on cinder tracks, so you were looking for a good pair of spikes, and that's a little different than some of the super uh-huh. shoes. I'm not sure that you know, in a mile race, it would have made that much difference. But you, you know, my races were mostly run on cinder, maybe a baked clay track in California later on some synthetics. But yeah, the improvements in the shoes have been great uh and you know I, I yeah they i'm sure they would have helped there's no doubt yeah, about yeah, that awesome
2: all uh, right how about uh a, the technology yeah yes uh give us give us just one running analogy that you used when you moved into the political sphere Ooh, good one. whether for yourself or that you spoke out loud to people
0: well most of it was internally internalized And that was, we were against a big obstacle in our our first campaign. And we were underfunded, uh, in a sense outmanned in that uh, we jumped into the race in June, uh, though we'd helped other campaigns. This was an all out 24 hour day, you know, pray, work hard, see people throughout the district. But I remember learning from that experience and being the first high school boy to run into four minutes. You, know, you need to keep the disciplines along the way. And in our case, it was staying on message, not letting the opponent distract you by getting you discouraged or that he had more money, staying on message and and hanging in there. In fact, let me just bring that to a closure, believing that we could win. So the, mm-hmm. the night of our first election, we were still on the streets going door to door and seven o'clock it's over. And you know it's time to count the votes. We were in Topeka, which is the capital, uh and mm-hmm. we sat down to watch the results come in and the first half hour all the results from many of the results from Topeka came in we were so far behind I had been writing a speech thanking people for their support and it was a great victory watered that up and threw away I started writing one since we we're thousand votes down uh <laughs> thanks for your help sorry we didn't make it, <laughs> it was, <laughs> but it was it was that it was that and uh, all that from Coach Timmons who had persevered upon me Do not give up. Yeah, And I
1: I think my observing Jim and and having been married to him this long, discipline, self-discipline is key to successfully uh, attaining the goal in life that God prepared you for. But Mm -hmm. you have Mm -hmm. to choose self-discipline and you have to be disciplined. I see, uh, I'll just say our, our children now as adult children, many of their peers were not raised with a discipline of getting up at the same time every morning, having a quiet time, having exercise time, having, we homeschooled, having school time, um, having dinner pretty much at the same time, going to bed at the same time. It's just, it's natural for them. It's just what, and, and of course he taught me that. So the discipline of staying on message, And then the perseverance. We so easily in our flesh want to give up, but not Jemaya man. He just (laughs) dog it, dog it. It doesn't matter what the people are saying about you. It doesn't matter because we have a goal here and we're going to attain it. And, 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 you know, no questions asked
0: kind of thing. And as you guys know, the race is often one in the last two steps. Yep. So having said that, I I yep. knew the discipline was from the Lord and Coach Timmons, but then I met this bubbly, wonderful person from Kansas State, <laughs> and I fell in love with her because she brought in my life that was lacking before, and that was joy and excitement and happiness. Yes. I mean, I was, here sure I was disciplined, but I was also very empty at that point. Mm. That's
1: awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. After yeah. she said, have time. he went in and he said guys we are not playing with joy let's go back out of that field and play with joy and this article points out that patrick mahomes is all about joy all he's also all all about intelligently uh, playing the game Mm -hmm. game, right but as i read it i thought lord jesus you expect us and you want us to live with a a Mm -hmm. joy and a delight And and even today's Our Daily Bread was reflecting the light light of Christ, reflecting that. But I think sometimes Mm -hmm. we get so downtrodden or so discouraged or so whatever, we forget the joy he created us Mm -hmm. for his pleasure. Mm -hmm. Well, we're not pleasing him when we're sassing our mother or when we're not doing the workout that coach told us to do, Mm -hmm. or we're not obeying what God has told me to do at that Point in the day, we're not pleasing Him, and so therefore there's not mm. that
0: fruit mm. of
1: joy. It's yeah. a great.
0: So I like your rapid questions. We've gotten bogged down a little bit. Here. No, what you did great. You're, great. That, You're
3: was, great. that was that was a mile repeat. It's okay. We need those every so often.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh, let's see. Oh man, uh, Peter, do you have another one off the top of your head? Um. Do
2: you guys have any any repeat oh, yeah. questions for us? we're looking
0: at your questions to see if we come up. With. Yeah, yeah, sure. Oh, uh, I mean,
2: I. I
3: and did it's, you it's not much did you guys or, ever you know currently me, or previously we, we, go on runs together?
1: That's oh, we did. He, he's yeah. the one that taught me how to jog. and never and and up until so my left knee kind of gave gave up on me probably five to ten years ago. A combination of jogging and cheerleading right if if i had known better i probably <laughs> anyway um but yeah when we started dating we would jog together and mm-hmm. then of course we all did family runs of uh, jim ryan and family to raise funds for this organization or that and then of course many of them were just out and back so the children would be out and back and coming back at me while I'm still going out. And this is what they would say, mom, it's a race. As they found me talking with someone. (laughs) I mean, I am competitive, but when it comes to running, it it was really fun for me, especially we we lived in the country in Kansas. And then in DC, we lived two blocks from um, Mm -hmm. the Capitol. said my two to three mile loop and it was the same every day whether I was mm, in Kansas yeah. or whether I was in DC it's the same now it's biking and it's the same every day we go out yeah biking along the causeway
2: yeah along
1: Bay so very fun
2: I mean <laughs> uh we're, we're getting close we've got about four and a half minutes left before our 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 time runs out and I'd say that's probably we're, we're pretty close to to being done anyways my, my last repeat question for you would be um for both of y'all um we we've asked this to multiple people like who in the professional running sphere currently um either yeah just gets you giddy who who are your favorite however you want to word it favorite professional runners was like ooh, i just really like them how they represent themselves how they race um i'll yeah. go first
0: uh he's not a professional runner uh, he's in Love high it. school. Uh, he broke my high, high school into a record, uh, Clay shyly. Oh, and it's because yes, sir. he has chosen to let his life be a light in his running. And as we've interacted with him, uh, he's got a bright yes, future. He's got his eyes on the Lord. Who knows how fast he'll run, but most of all, he has the kind of godly mm-hmm. perspective that you want him to have because you yeah. know that's going to help him for the future. So to me, that's that's a role model of a young man who's taken charge of his life at the same time with the right yeah. charges
1: along the way. In July of 2020, President Trump presented Jim with the Presidential Medal of Freedom. And he asked at that time that we invite two other Olympians. Mm. We invited Alan Webb and Matt Senschowitz Jr., uh, both just dear, dear men. Wow. Alan Webb honored Jim with um such a godly uh, scripture uh which I can't bring up right now but he promoted yeah. that met sensuates um during Rio we sent him just before his race thanks be to God who through Jesus Christ always leads mm-hmm. us in victory he won the gold that day
0: wow any
1: that text um both of them are very dear to our hearts that's awesome
2: that's awesome that's awesome what um just in wrapping up because we've got about two minutes left um i i actually some of our athletes at jbu are um went to trinity academy there in wichita um lexi lexi scheffler and um, Bella Melgren, Avery Edwards, um uh a, a gal that graduated from uh from JB already, Sarah Larson. And so we I actually got to meet Clay and, and one of his buddies, Ian Carroll, when they were at the Arkansas Invitational. Oh. And and uh and I could I could tell in, in that uh five-minute interaction that, that his heart's on fire for the Lord, oh, yeah. way more mature than most juniors in high school, not about himself, um, just just really genuine dude. Um told him we were
1: doing this podcast. With you guys, that's oh no, awesome. I, no way! That's that's hilarious. That's, so that's fun. great very fun, very fun. Yeah. So, well, this has been a treat. And yeah, listen, thanks, guys. we will follow up with our invitation for you guys Please. to come out. That would to be amazing. Because it's whether you can come for the whole week or for just a couple days. Yes, ma'am. It's just an amazing. It's a little bit of heaven. It's our favorite yes, ma'am. time yeah, okay. of the year. So, thank yes, ma'am. you, Peter. That you. Yeah, you're welcome. Of thank having you.
2: Yeah, well and I'll I'll share Ben's number and email with you all as well so you can contact him just as easily. Um and, and, and what an incredible blessing. Yeah. Thank you for this has been amazing uh, for choosing to 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 give us some of your time. Thank, Thank you for choosing God to
0: do this. And our
1: yeah. love. I will. Right. I will they'll be bless you. Love Thank you guys. You. Awesome. Let's See you guys Bye bye. Yes, ma'am. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. So dear.